With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the late breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the late breaking F1 podcast. And this is your preview for the Portuguese Grand Prix weekend, the first in the country for 24 years and the first ever at the Algarve circuit in Portimao. We've got a packed show for you, plenty to discuss. Time to bring in Samuel Sage and Harry Eid. Very good evening to you both. Excited for a new track? Yeah, I I love me a new track. Bit of Portugal as well, the Algarve. Let's just hope that... uh... There's no young... No, I can't say that. Never mind. I'm really excited for the racing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> good. Well, well done. That the Yeah, good. Fine. We'll, we'll brush past that. I am excited for to, to go to Portimao. I think it'll be... It's such an interesting-looking circuit. And also, more exciting, boys. We'll, we'll be watching it together. Woo! We're all going to be in one room for the first time in what feels like years. Well, making content together for the first time in years. We have seen each other before this, but... Crazy, we're gonna to be together. Yep, yeah, watch we are out the world in the same place making content for the first time in over two years. I'm not quite sure exactly, but it's been far too long, so we're very excited. And we'll be recording our podcast, obviously, but do check out the other content that we produce from the weekend, it will be worth your while. I promise you, possibly. Anyway, just <laughs> don't promise on tonight. Anything. We're going to be discussing the rumours that Perez could be in line for a Williams seat at the expense of George Russell. Should F1 enforce a freeze on the engine formula after 2021, as I'm sure Red Bull desperately would like, uh, an F1 back and forth makes a return. All of this coming later on the show, but we're going to start with taking a look at the upcoming Portuguese Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton entering the event with a 69-point lead over teammate Valtteri Bottas. Mercedes have an outside chance (laughs) to secure the Constructors' Championship with five races still to go. Sam, Hamilton has a record of winning new tracks. Do you think that he's the favourite here? I mean, you can't really say he's the favourite. The only reason he's won at so many new tracks is because he's bloody great and that Mercedes is bloody great. So you put those two together, he has a very high chance 
of winging at new tracks when they turn up. Um, I I think this track's really going to suit the Mercedes. I think it's got a good level of mid-speed corners, which the Mercedes loves. It's got some good traction zones. I mean, Mercedes is great at everything, but it's also going to be cooler. We're going to Portugal at the end of October. This is perfect setting for the Mercedes. There will be no overheating. We won't be on like that perfect edge of the Mediterranean hot summer where the car may overheat and the Red Bull would prosper. I think that right now is the perfect conditions for a Lewis Hamilton masterclass, especially if it carries on being as wet in Portugal as it has been over the last couple of days. It's been absolutely torrential. So if that carries on across the weekend, I think Lewis Hamilton could blow the rest of the field away. We've seen it done before. Um, and I, I, you know, Take the start of the season, right? That qualifying in Austria where he was a second faster than everyone else, which is just incredible. I think he could deliver something of the same prowess again. There is a very high chance that Hamilton walks away with a victory here. But again, I wouldn't discount the likes of Bottas and Verstappen. They have been improving recently. Great joke in there that it could rain this weekend. Great joke. <laughs> it's 10% I mean... outside Hungary, I think. <laughs> Honestly, people, if you're, if you're planning a picnic or something like that and you want it to be good weather, just like shout randomly out in the open that it's going to be an F1 race where you are. Guarantee you it will be dry. So a nice little tactic to use there. Um, but who knows? Maybe we do get some rain. Harry, do you think that Hamilton is the favourite given it is a new circuit? He did win Mugello earlier this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How is he? He's a, he's always a favourite coming into an event, and even um at the Nurburgring where Verstappen looked, he was he was close. It was definitely close, but it still wasn't close enough. And I agree with Sam. I think this track would suit them more than. Uh, uh, see them more perhaps than the, than the Nurburgring does. The only thing I I would point out is potentially the heat. I don't know how hot it is in the Algarve in uh, in October, but I imagine it's still pretty warm. So maybe that will hamper them. But um, yeah. That being said, I don't I don't see how or who will be able to stop Hamilton this weekend. Verstappen will give it a good go. Bottas will be quick in FP one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. But having said that, we could have a crazy race. We've had a lot of crazy races this year, and maybe Hamilton doesn't win through other circumstances than, than him being slow, because that doesn't happen very often. I think the Nürburgring gave Red Bull a little bit of a reason to be optimistic. After all, I mean, they they still qualified, uh, they still qualified first and second as was to be expected. Uh, the Mercs, that is, but uh, Mercedes unbeaten streak in in qualifying you know they've got every single pole position that was most under threat last time out than at any other circuit we've had so far um you know max verstappen at least until the very last lap of qualifying it looked like he had a legitimate chance to to get pole uh and that really hasn't been the case all year so they can be buoyed by that uh i would still say that hamilton is the favorite it's funny with the mercedes and you allude to uh bottas being very quick in fp1 but that does seem to be how how it's going with a lot of these races is that bottas arrives and he's very quick from the off you know it doesn't take him very long to pick up the circuit um but as the longer the weekend goes on the more hamilton gets into it so you know by qualifying hamilton's usually up to speed and and he gets plenty of pole positions obviously and by race day he's on it bottas just seems to be from the off you know it's it's a bit of a a flat line almost He's, he's already at that pace and doesn't really improve much as the weekend goes on 
I think he was genuinely the only the only other circuit which has been brand new so far this year, Mugello. I think Bottas was actually the quicker car there, which should give him a little bit of optimism ahead of this race. Obviously, he didn't win, um, but he should have got pole position. Um, and, you know, the, the the race starts and the restarts that happened during that Grand Prix made it a bit crazy. But I think if Bottas had secured had secure pole, there was every chance that he would have won if he could have he'd led away. Um, so that should give him a bit of optimism that he can adjust to a new circuit quite quickly. Uh, whether it whether it happens again, I'm not too sure. But I think pole is going to be very important. If Bottas can claim another pole position, I don't think there are going to be too many overtaking opportunities on the circuit. I think he's got a reasonable chance, but we'll we'll see on that. In terms of the circuit, Sam, do you think that he's going to be a good one for, for F1 racing? I think there's more. I mean, OK, I say this. And last time I said this, right, we got Mugello, right? It was absolutely crazy sauce over in Italy. Um, that track was not intended to be a good Formula One race. And we got something absolutely crazy. I don't think we got good racing, really, uh, in Mugello, but we had an exciting Grand Prix. I think it'll almost be kind of the opposite way round here in the Algarve. I think Portimao will create good racing. I don't know how much of an exciting Grand Prix we'll have. There'll be a few close calls, I think. I don't know if it's going to turn into something massive. The track's quite wide in certain areas, which is great, because, of course, MotoGP regularly use it. Uh, it's tough to call. There's some good features around the track, but I'm not sure there's a lot of overtaking areas, especially with how the current cars are shaping up. Not, DRS passes are obviously the order of the day. I'm not sure that's going to be too easy um, for the current cars. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, but this one could be quite hit and miss. Yeah, and in terms of a DRS uh, straight, they're only using one zone, um, just to let everyone know. So that will be the, the the start finish straight. But apart from that, there won't be any DRS out there. Harry, do you think that the circuit will produce some good racing? Uh, I'll be optimistic and say that, yes, it will. We didn't have much hope for Mugello, so that's what I'm basing that optimism on. But, um, yeah... Uh, I, you said about the one DRS zone. That is really the only place there could be a DRS zone because it's quite flowing for the for the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I think there will still be overtake. It's a fairly long straight into T1, and the final corner is long. But if for an F1 car, they'll be able to go. I would imagine flat out through there. Um, so yeah, I'll go. Yes, I'll be overtaking. Whether it produces a, re- a thriller it remains to be seen. But that's the exciting thing. We we don't really know because we've never really been here before with F1. So it could be an absolute cracker. Let's be optimistic, folks. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time what races are, are brilliant and what races are only good and what races are terrible, a lot of it can just be on the day kind of thing that, that the circuit just can't control. You know, sometimes it is just something will happen in the opening few laps that determines whether it is a great race or not. And it's not even it, you know, it's not even the circuit itself. It's just one of the drivers doing something. Um, I actually think this circuit is... I really like this circuit. Um what the most underrated thing or the most underrated characteristic a circuit can have is undulation and Algarve is full of it it's it's a really great track i i, I agree that i think there will be only two overtaking opportunities i think turn 1 is going to be the primary one i think there could be some moves made into turn 5 as well um as there's a bit of a straight there i was i was half expecting them to put a drs zone there but not not overly disappointed that they're not going to but the circuit itself, it's a lot of fun. 
a lot of ups and downs. You know, quite a few sort of double apex corners. Uh, I think sort of turn seven and turn eight is a really nice sort of double right-hander. And I think there's a one later in the lap as well. Um, and there's a lot of places where you can go wrong. Um, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of lockups in certain corners. And I think getting that perfect lap at Algarve is going to be really tricky. So I think qualifying is going to be very interesting in that respect. And Harry mentioned that final corner. It is a long sweeping right-hander. And I would imagine you're right that they will be flat through there. But I think it might be a bit of a killer on the tyres, that corner, because, yeah, it, it, I, I think it might be a killer, uh, in which case maybe it'll open it up to some two stoppers and, and that could provide the interest sort of a difference in strategy. I'm going to be optimistic here. I think we're going to get an exciting race. I hope so. I reckon turn five is going to be a right secret little devil for some moves. So keep your, keep your eyes peeled on turn five. And I hope that the tyres start to open up. I hope that we get some issues with some heat. The long, long last corner is going to cause some wear and tear on them tyres. Let's hope that we get multiple stop strategies, please. Yes, indeed. Um, let's move on to pole one, two, three. Sam, what have you got here? I think pole will go to Valtteri Bottas. I think Lewis Hamilton will win the race. I think Bottas will be second. And I think Verstappen will be third. All fun in my world. Some really bold uh, statements there. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to match that one. Harry, what have you got? <laughs> uh, I also, going for Lewis Hamilton on pole, he will also win the race. Verstappen will be second. And for Christ's sake, Sergio Perez, He's you gonna are going to be it. third. How's <laughs> <laughs> <Now's> the time? <laughs> You're going to get a bloody podium before the end of this year, I swear to God. All right. And my prediction is that Walter Porridge, Valtteri Bottas, version 18.6 is going to be on pole position. Uh, he's actually going to he's actually going to upgrade overnight. So he's going to be version 18.7 for the race. Uh, and that's why he's going to win uh, ahead of Lewis Hamilton in second. And I'm going to go for a repeat on the podium for Daniel Ricciardo. I think he's going to get back there. That Renault is looking it's looking strong. So I'm going to I'm going to say he's he's going to be on the podium again. Porridge cake confirmed. Oh, less of porridge cake. Less of porridge uh, cake. If you want to see some merch, folks, with porridge cake, let me know. <laughs> we'll get that sorted. Bold predictions. Harry, what have you got? My bold prediction is that in the final few laps of the race, there will be a freak rain shower and the leader of the race will fall off the track and lose. Thank you, Spa 2008. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What have you got, Sam, for a bold prediction? Harry's essentially nicked mine. I can't believe that. That's such a niche bold prediction. Uh, I'll adapt it slightly. I'm going to say that it's going to start dry and one of the top three will be caught out on a a lap where they've gone past the pit lane and they will crash under wet conditions on dry tyres before they can get back to the pit lane. Very interesting. Two weather-related bold predictions. My my one is not uh, weather-related. However, if you do remember, uh, and I will remind those just in case you have forgotten, I got a bold prediction right last time. Um, oh. Sorry, I don't think my mic was working there. I got a bold prediction right last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you both. <laughs> <laughs> 
So my bold prediction that did end up being uh, right last time was Roman Grosjean getting points at the Nürburgring. So I figured if Haas can do it once, they can do it again. I'm going to go even bolder. I'm going to say that box office Kevin Magnussen is going to be eighth or higher. Wow. Well, single Mars could really do with the financial input if he manages that one. So let's hope that box office brings it home. I feel like asking for has to do something right two races in a row is asking way too much of them and two in 20 races is probably more realistic, but I'm, I'm on a roll. Momentum, that's what it's all about. What kind of role would you be on then? Swiss. Oh, I was nice. say Swiss. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Work. from Switzerland, so that works. Yeah, I mean, for those out there who have also said what kind of role it is, if you said Arctic, you're going to burn because that is the worst <laughs> kind of role. <laughs> wow, Sam has strong opinions on Arctic roles. I, I would say it's surprising that we've had this revelation, but really, it isn't. Um, <laughs> who, who knew? Anyway, should we move on from Arctic role chat? Um, actually, don't answer that because your answer will probably be no. We're going to move on to move on to silly season, which seems to be extending quite a lot this year. Uh, we've had previous years where everything's sort of wrapped up by this point, but there are still quite a few seats left to be decided. Um, a lot of the drivers, yeah, still in the balance. One of them is George Russell at Williams, which uh, which didn't appear to be the case. But a rumour is circulating that Sergio Perez, who's not going to be retained by Racing Point, could be in line to replace the Brit at Williams. So what are your thoughts on that one, Harry? A silly season is particularly silly this year, isn't it? I mean, what a what a ridiculous... It's been going on for... It started when Vettel got dumped from Ferrari, and that actually feels like 10 years ago now. There's so much has happened in between. Um, yeah, Perez to Williams. Look, if I had a choice, I would put Perez and Russell in that seat. Sorry, Latifi. I don't think you've done a bad job, but Sergio Perez is on the market. Um, from Doralton Capital's... Uh, perspective I get it I you know Perez brings a lot of money and a lot of talent uh, and you know he's a quality driver I don't know where they stand with their relationship with Mercedes I mean I'm not saying Russell is the reason they have Mercedes engines but I don't see Toto Wolf viewing Russell being dumped uh, uh, very favorably to be honest um yeah, look, it's a tough one. Perez got dumped out of a team where he probably shouldn't have been dumped out of the team. And now it's like he <laughs> swings and roundabouts. And now Russell could get dumped out of the team where he probably doesn't deserve to get dumped out of. So, you know, even if he, Russell ends up without a seat, then Mercedes will protect him. He'll probably do an Ocon for a year uh, and sit out and then find another seat in 2022. I guess maybe the actual Mercedes seat. Um but yeah, it would be it would be another interesting twist, and I I don't I don't I don't know. Do I have an issue with it? No, because I don't think Perez doesn't deserve to lose a seat. Neither of them deserve to lose a seat. Um, but that's unfortunately the way it goes in F one. Someone's got to give, and it, I don't think it'll be Latifi because he's got too much money as well. So um, yeah, look, I don't I don't think it'll be the end of the world for Russell. He'll still remain in a in a seat in f1 at some if it's not next year it'll be 2022 but um yeah what what is this city season guys 
Yeah, I, th- I think um, yeah, Silly Season was developing in a very silly way. And this one came along and just sort of took it to the next level. Um, what do you reckon, Sam, with this rumour? There's so many angles to view this rumour from. I mean, if Williams were still Williams owned, then they would value that Mercedes relationship so much more than what I think the new owners do. Although you'd be silly to throw away a Mercedes engine currently with that reliability. But I think if Claire and Frank were still there, they'd go, we're not letting that go. George gets the seat because technically he's like the contractual link. He's the one that keeps that relationship completely alive because Mercedes have a proper vested interest in that seat. They get to train a young, upcoming driver. That isn't the case anymore. So Dalton Capital, which have pure moolah in the bank, could do what they want, really. And that always spells problems for a driver that hasn't got a lot of sponsors. And that is the way with British drivers. British drivers struggle to pick up sponsors. A lot of the time, British drivers make it in due to the actual talent and they get sponsored by a manufacturer. Lando Norris is contractually obliged to be with Toto Wolff and therefore Mercedes. The same thing happened to Lewis Hamilton when he joined up. He was with McLaren Mercedes. Um, Now, George Russell has been brilliant. I don't think he's been outstanding. I don't think he's been spectacular, but he's been pretty damn good. Never outqualified by a teammate. Regularly beating his teammate uh, in the races as well. Latifi has been good. I've been steadily growing more impressed with Latifi. Do I think he's better than Russell? No. If I had the decision, would I take Latifi out and put Perez in? Yes. But if I had to have the ultimatum given to me of Latifi doesn't matter what you say about him, he's got that seat, and it's George Russell or it's Sergio Perez, Perez gets it because of how strong that season has been from so far. He started all right. And he has just continued to pick up momentum. And we are seeing the Perez we've, we've seen for the last couple of seasons, a golden era Perez. He's still got at least four or five years left of his Formula One career. That's more than enough to turn things around. The money and backing that that man brings is so substantial. And there's no reason why Dalton and Williams can't carry on being serviced by the Mercedes engine. They'll just have to pay a slightly higher price. And because of all the backing, I'm sure they'll be able to do that. The issue is, I think Toto will turn around and go, I'll pay you more. I'll give you more. I think Dalton will be willing to maybe haggle a little bit to keep Russell in that seat with maybe an even cheaper option. It's tough because I, in a perfect world, would like Perez and Russell to be there. Neither of them deserve to uh, deserve to lose their seat. But then Latifi's been good as well. This is silly season. This is Formula One. It's like Domino's in a game of chess combined. You never know where anyone's going to be standing up or falling over. I'm very excited to see what happens, but someone is unfortunately going to lose out. And of all the drivers on the grid, the three that we're talking about, Latifi, Russell, Perez, are not the three that deserve to not be out to be out of seats at the end of the season. So someone's going to be gutted. Yeah, I would say to touch on Nicholas Latifi for the moment, it's almost uh, it's sad that that Perez is only being linked to the Russell seat um, because let's face it, that's just pure financial reason. Uh, Perez would bring a lot of backing. Latifi brings a lot of backing. And, and Williams have needed that extra cash over the last few years. You know, Robert Kubica and his sort of relation to uh, you know, P.K. Orlan. And yeah, they haven't been against, I don't want to say pay drivers because that, that, that gives off the wrong impression, but drivers that have that can bring a significant amount of money as well as the talent that they have. Um, so they haven't been against that at all. But it's only been one of the drivers, really. They've never, they've never really had to go to such lengths that both drivers have to bring in a certain amount of investment, which would be the case if it was Perez and Latifi at the team. So it's it's a bit sad for the team that they've had to, they might have to come to this sort of a decision. 
but apart from that, I'll leave Latifi out of it for the time being and just focus on Perez over Russell. For me, it's completely understandable if they decide to put Perez in that seat rather than George Russell. Uh, I completely agree with it. And to be honest, I think they would be fools for not doing so. Uh, and that's not really got anything to do with the ability of either driver. I think Russell has the potential to be a world champion. Uh, you know my thoughts on Perez. I think he's a quality driver and he's he's amongst one of the best in the sport. I think they're both quality. Uh, but really, this decision shouldn't come down to quality. It should come down to value. Uh, and ultimately, Perez would be much more valuable to Williams than Russell is right now. Uh, let's just take a look back at the last few seasons and, and really the situation where Williams are in. George Russell, you know, George Russell was a quality driver. Don't get me wrong. He's a quality driver. How many more points at Williams does he have than me? None. And that's not to say that George Russell and me are very similar in terms of ability, although yeah, maybe I would argue that. Don't put yourself uh, down like that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, man, you're a, you're a great guy. The fact that he's got no points and so does everyone else in the world outside of Robert Kubica over the last few seasons for Williams... <laughs> It's not because of Russell's ability. It's because of where that car is. It's in a bad place. You could say that 2020 has been a little bit better for them, but you could also argue that Haas and Alfa Romeo going backwards has uh, has masqueraded that slightly. Um, so ultimately, it doesn't really matter how good Russell is because there's no value there. You know, Russell's been so good and he's still got no points because that car is awful. There's no point in them focusing on these short-term gains and short-term results because you know, they could stick Lewis Hamilton in that car and it's, nothing's going to happen. They might as well focus on long-term getting back to where they once were. And Perez can do that. George Russell is on loan from Mercedes. The second they need him in that seat, he'll be gone. There's no point committing your future to someone like George Russell, as good as he is. There is point in, in giving that to Sergio Perez. Because we have the evidence of what's happened at Force India and Racing Point. He spent you know, six, seven years there. He built the team around him. He was a solid driver for a number of years. And Williams will look at that and think he can do the same thing again. He's only you know, he's 30 years old, so he could still have a l- many more years left in the sport if he wants it. George Russell is short-term great, but ultimately it's, it's not enough to make a difference in that car. That's what it's all about. It's not making a difference and improving your value in that sense. It's it's often the point, and it's slightly different, but it's it's often the point I made about Fernando Alonso when he was in the McLaren. Uh, I mean, the second time when they were the Honda era. You know, he, they were paying him so much money to be in that car, but it was never worth it because as much money as he was getting paid and as good as Alonso is, that car was so bad that it didn't matter. He couldn't pull it up the championship regardless. So it was just basically throwing money away. And this isn't a question about money when it comes to George Russell, but it's still a question of talent. George Russell can be as talented as he likes, but it's not making an impact in that Williams car. They might as well focus on the long term. They can do that with Perez. They can't do that with Russell. Do you think, because of this change, that if they do go with Perez and Latifi, this may force the hand of Toto at Mercedes to think about whether he goes, Lewis, you need to make a contract call now. If you're in, Bottas, you're out. Potentially, yeah, um, because you you don't want your driver to have a year out. I think they can learn a lot, but nothing can replace on track experience. Ocon, I don't think for o- example, I don't think Ocon has benefited from a year out. Yeah, put it that way. Um, 
So I don't I don't think Russell will either. Particularly, you know, Verstappen, Leclerc, the guys who he will like to see himself compared with, they're just going to get better and better and more experienced. A year out for Russell could be pretty de- detrimental at this point in his career. Maybe they they send him to Formula E and, and do a season for for their team there, which I don't think would be completely wasted time. But it is still a different sport. I'm not sure. I, I, it, it might well put the pressure on Toto. I, I agree. Harry, there's been some rumor. I'm taking Ben's job here. Look at me go, Harry. There's some, <laughs> been some rumors going around that actually Red Bull could be interesting. You think that Toto would give up one of his prized assets to Red Bull? No chance. He's not going to give anything up to Christian Horner, is he? Not going to have an engine. You're not going to have Russell. No, I don't. I don't see why. Why? Um, why they'd let him do that? Uh, I mean, they kind of gave Ocken up to Renault. I, I guess they. You know, uh, I think Wolf and a people get on better than Wolf and Horner do. Um, but yeah, why? Why would you give up Russell? He's he's going to be in that Mercedes one day. So yeah, I, I, I'm with Ben. I think he's probably more likely to, if he does have to have a year out, he'd be more likely to go off and be in that Formula E team. Although, have they already signed their drivers for 2021? I guess they must have done. Is that De Vries and Van Dorn? Yeah, I think they're locked in. Well, yeah, there you go then. Maybe he'll do DTM. I don't know. This is just another opportunity for Stoffel Van Dorn to be screwed over. <laughs> oh, <Stop>. waffle. <laughs> no waffle. Bless him. <laughs> oh, He's so nice. Oh, lovely, lovely Stoffel. I mean, this is all for nothing, obviously, because Perez is going to go into that Red Bull seat if uh, if Christian Horner does have a brain. Um, but we'll yeah. Anyway, still a lot to be decided. We haven't, we haven't even spoken about the Alfa Romeo and Haas seats, the Alfa Tauri seats. I mean, there's loads still to happen. I imagine it will work like uh, like dominoes, and the first thing that happens will lead to everything else happening. Um, but when that is, who knows? Anyway, let's move on. Um, as discussed on the podcast last week, Honda have announced they'll be leaving F1 at the end of the 2021 season leaving Red Bull and AlphaTauri in a bit of a quandary. It's unknown what path they'll go down at this point in time, but it's likely an engine freeze or a freeze on engine development would help them out a lot. Uh, Perhaps unsurprising given the state of play, but Mercedes would likely be in favour of this. Ferrari, not so much. Sam, do you think this is something that should be enforced? I think this is pure poo-housery from Red Bull for... for a number of reasons, but Red Bull, in terms of aerodynamics and chassis ability, have realistically always been there or thereabouts with Mercedes. They've just, because they're not a manufacturer, never had the engine power to match what Mercedes are capable of. That Mercedes engine, for almost seven years now, has been by and far the, the best engine we've seen in terms of consistency. Not necessarily always out-and-out power, but reliability. It does provide enough power that it's always competitive on a straight line. So, they need to beat it. And the best way to beat it, stop engine development and continue to work on the chassis because in time, Red Bull probably have the ability to create a chassis which is better than the Mercedes chassis. That's why they've always been experts in that field. What I love about this from Mercedes, on the other hand, is that they've just gone, you know what? Yeah, why not? If it's competitive and we're having fun, then give us another challenge. I love this culture about Mercedes, which are always willing to take on a new challenge. They're just kind of like, yeah, we've won the engine game. That's happened now the last six, seven years, this whole era. 
We'll now do the chassis game. Keep it all as you want. We're going to turn up next time around Ferrari, of course. This is classic Ferrari. The moment something might be a little bit difficult for them, no, 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 no. We're going to veto it. We'll try and veto it. We don't want it. So for me, Red Bull are being clever. It makes sense to try and cut the one thing they've always had a negative on. Mercedes are doing what Mercedes do best. They will just try and beat you at that game at every single turn. Ferrari know that engine power, for some reason, feels to be the only way to win an F1 race. And that's what they lack massively this season, more than any other we've seen for a long time. So um, they need to turn it around quickly, because if this rule gets passed through, they could be in big trouble for a little while. What are your thoughts, Harry? Do you think this is something that could and should happen? Uh, it could happen. Uh, I, the the engine thing is tricky because it's obvious that the engines at the moment are you know, they're amazing feats of engineering, and obviously that should be celebrated in F one. But at the same time, we want good racing, and we want as you know affordable racing so that we can get other teams in. And the issue is that the engines in F one at the moment are not affordable, and we're already losing Honda at the end of next year and the new engines don't come until 2026. So we've got a solid four or five years um, where we've got the same engines and, you know, maybe we'll lose other, maybe we'll lose Renault, who knows? So um, I think maybe something does need to change and this is a possible solution. Uh, whether it evens things up because like, you know, Ferrari, if they freeze it and Ferrari is still behind, then, we're at the same state of play that we're at now, and is that what we want? I don't know. Uh, it's a tricky one. Uh, I can see that. I can see the logic in it, and for obviously it would save Red Bull skin, and we don't want to lose Red Bull from F1 because that's four cars we would lose in that case. So, um, yeah, it's tricky. I, I, I think they, I think they could well do it. Whether it's the right thing to do, who knows? And I think we would only find out in. 2022 when we turned up in in melbourne so um yeah any any to, to even the the playing field is a good we, we we want that but at the same time you don't want to make this it's formula one it's not a spec sport so it's a it's a tricky one to to walk the tightrope of i would say yeah i mean i would say first of all the all of the teams are out there for their own benefit here and their individual stances on it are not a not a case of philosophy, but they're just a case of what will benefit them the most. You know, Red Bull would like this to happen. What a surprise. <laughs> of course, they want this to happen. Um, means the other teams can't gain more of an advantage on them on the next few years. Ferrari, of course, don't want this to happen because if they were to freeze it, they're going to be miles behind everyone else similar to Mercedes, although they would be in favour of it because, well, they're ahead of everyone else at the moment. So everyone's looking out for themselves here. I I can, just taking the Red Bull selfish reason out of this, just to look at it from that perspective, I would agree that the cost-saving element, there is a real benefit to that. Um, And it's important to remember it's not the first time they'd have done this either. They've done it a couple of times in the past. Uh, Perhaps most significantly would have been uh, in 2007 when they when they froze the the V8 engines at that point, uh, and we have to remember like 2008, very balanced season. 2009 wasn't so much, but you can't say that was because of the engine performance. Um, 2007 and 2008, there was relative parity, and we we got a very close championship on both occasions. So there is evidence that this can happen, and it won't completely destroy everything. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> The, the problem is, 
at the moment we don't have parity and if it were to freeze we would be stuck with that for years you know mercedes are very clearly out in front renault are doing a pretty good job as well honda you know honda seem fine as well but anyone who's got the ferrari engine is going to be doomed for years which is not going to please Ferrari and is not going to please any of the any of the teams that Ferrari has. And it means that, at least in terms of active power units, you would only have Renault and Mercedes as viable viable candidates. Um, and, you know, Mercedes, you know, the, the cost of catching up to, to number one as well. I mean, if, if Mercedes are locked into that massive advantage from the end of 2022, uh, sorry, the end of 2021, <sighs> Everyone will just spend massively to catch up as much as they can in the next few years. I don't think it would be, I'm not sure how much money would actually be saved because they would spend so much money this year and next year to catch up only for them to not spend anything for the years ahead. Um, it, I, I know Renault have this idea that they would like, they would like, they don't mind this going ahead, but they would like to achieve parity before that happens. Problem is, it's very difficult to do so. And again, you you would need to spend the money in order to get that parity. I mean, how much money would Ferrari need right now to get their engine in the same position as as Mercedes? Yeah, again, it might not actually save any money at all. So, I think this is a pretty complex scenario. Um, I am against it overall, uh, but I do see that there are a few reasons outside of the Red Bull reasons for this to happen. I. What's the matter, Ben? You're right there, mate. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm just... I'm actually really conflicted about this. Like, I don't know. I really don't know, guys. Well, we all (laughs) made some bloody good points. And I think for either way, people are going to spend money. And Formula 1 will happen. So let's just see, shall we? Ben's having a proper little crisis over this. He doesn't know what to do with himself. I don't want to. I don't want to say. Yeah, I agree with this. And then they go ahead and like everyone turns up at the Australian Grand Prix, and Mercedes are like four seconds faster than everyone else. <laughs> it's, it's all like, your well, fault. You're, you're yeah. stuck with this for the next three years. Good luck. Um, well, it's taken thirty six seconds, thirty six minutes and twelve seconds, and Ben is an absolute shell of a man. Yeah, we've I broken mean, him. That implies I wasn't beforehand. So thank you very much. No, you were more of a baguette. Hey, speaking of baguettes, Roman Grosjean, he was able to get me a bold prediction correct last time. I am going to hurt you this weekend when we're all together. This is is (laughs) utterly unrelated, but have you seen who the driver's steward is for this weekend? Is it Roman Grosjean? (laughs) No. They do a better job. (laughs) It's uh, it's Vitaly Petrov. Oh, Oh, the devil. (laughs) The devil himself. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like the devil with them eyes. <laughs> Poor Vitali. I do like Vitali. Bless him. It's main event time. Let's move on to F1 back and forth. F1 back and forth. It's F1. Back and forth, we go backwards, and then go forth, it's F1. Back and forth, yeah, F1. Yes, nailed it. F1, back and forth. 
I'm sure many of you listening have heard this one before, but for those who haven't, Sam versus Harry, there will be a category, there'll be a certain number of right answers in that category. They will go back and forth until one of them can't get uh, another one or they will answer incorrectly. Um, So are you ready for this week's challenge? Let's get ready to rumble! Born ready. All right. This week's category, there are 23 correct answers. Ooh. Hybrid era nationalities. Hang so on, drive, drivers. Driver right. nationalities who have competed in the hybrid era. So, Sam, kick us off. First answer. Uh, British, English, whichever you'd like to classify it as. Yeah, we're going to go with British, and it is a correct answer. Harry. German. There have been a few German drivers, yes. Sam. Hmm, this is tough. I think I'll go for Canadian. Canadian is a good answer. Cheers, Lance. Harry. I'll go for French. Of course, yep, that's correct. Sam? I think I will dabble in the land of Finland. Good answer. Harry? (laughs) Um, Italy. Yep. Antonio? Sam? Sweden. Big Marky Eck. Love it. Come on, lad. Harry? Um, who else? Who else is a driver? <laughs> uh, the Netherlands. Yep, Netherlands is there. Sam? Denmark. Box office Magnuson represent. Yep, Harry? Japan. Japan is correct. I I almost forgot that one when I was putting this list together. But yeah, I actually thought that was going to be wrong for a second. Kamui, Sam, what a lad! Um, I'm going to say Spanish. Yep, of course that one's there. Harry, um, (laughs) oh god. I've now forgotten the ones we've also already said. Um, you get let off for that, though, I think. Russian. Russian is correct. Sam? Mexican. Mexican is correct. Harry? The United States of America. Yeah. Alex Rossi. Sam? Australian. Yep, Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, so, Harry, you've got another eight to go. Another eight? Crikey. One, that two, three, still? four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, oh, bloody hell. New Zealand. Brendan Hartley. Come on. Yeah, he's there. Sam. Ty. Yep, Alex Albert is right. Thailand. Harry, six to go. I don't know if I know Jeff. (laughs) Don't know. I got the clue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm just trying to think. 2017. Who drove in 2017? Don't know. 
No. Uh, Belgian. Yeah, Belgian is a correct answer. Sam, have you got any more? Yeah, uh, Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> yep. Couple of Brazilian drugs. Well, I say a couple, they basically have the same name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Harry, can you get any other four left? getting tough now yeah i don't know if i know anymore uh, no no gonna concede fair enough sam you win this one can you get any of the four left monogask yeah mm. Charles Leclerc. chuck i'm sorry man chuck <laughs> chuck leck um indian no i'm afraid not no. No, too, um, too early. Yeah, a little bit. Not not by much, but yeah. The other three remaining were Giga Kubica. Oh, my mind the whole time, idiot. Uh, Maldonado, obviously representing Venezuela. Oh, I thought he left earlier than that. Damn it! And this is the this is the worst one of all that you've forgotten. Rio Harianto, Indonesia. Oh, I would not have got Rio. I should have got the other two. I would not have got Rio. Poor Indonesia. Rio. Indonesia's number one F1 driver. Without a shadow of a doubt. Rio number one! <laughs> well, I didn't think there was going to be any better way to end this podcast than on Rio Harianto, and here we are. So Sam, if you wouldn't mind doing the honours. Uh, Indonesia, if you'd like to sponsor us for a trip down there, we'd be happy to educate ourselves and come and see you. It'd be great. Sponsor us to get there. Um, lots more F1 content to come. Plenty of crazy stuff over the coming weekend because we are actually together this weekend, unlike what I said last week. So, tune in. YouTube, podcast, videos, gaming. Maybe drunk. Who knows? We're going to be there in the meantime. I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been Rio Harianto. Hey! Uh, remember, <laughs> breaking late. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.